Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. And good morning, good Saturday, good weather. Oh my, we've got some nice stuff coming around the corner for us. Perhaps we're finished with the cold stuff. Well, other than the mornings, I grant you that. But we've got all kinds of things to talk about. It's time to break out the fountains, the irrigation sprinklers, put out the the pool, fill the, you know, get out the water skis. Let's go with the sun. No, never mind. It's just February. So anyway... We still have some good weather, some good temperatures coming upon us. So, you know, what's not to love? Scott Mosby here, Home Improvement. We indeed have two full hours today, and we've got some great uh, weather upon us here. Maybe not quite yet, but it's sneaking around the corner. It's going to peak its uh, head around, certainly, for tomorrow. Uh, Phone lines right here to talk about your home, anything you've got ahead of you, because we still are not finished for Christmas, or not finished for winter, Um, March and April. Well, March is one of the biggest snow months by history. So think about that. Just in all the years of your life and my life, uh, the statistics show, now the stuff doesn't stick around very long. I'll grant you in March, but we're not finished yet. And indeed, we're only in the middle of February. Phone lines to talk about this or anything about your home, 314-436-7900, 436-7900. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, two hours. Stay tuned. Lots of things to talk about today. Uh, as we see the economy, the Federal Reserve Bank, what we refer to as the Fed, uh, lumber futures, uh, oil prices, oil is everything in the construction industry. Everything that's plastic, most of our smart materials, the engineered membranes and insulations and things like that, all have something to do with a petrochemical base. So whether you're making it from oil or hauling it from the factory, wherever it's made, uh, with diesel fuel and trucks and trains and all that across it, it, you know, the price of oil has a lot to do with your construction project or remodeling project. 314-436-7900-436-7900. The economy's doing a little better than expected. Oh, well, keep in mind, we're still at about a 6% inflation rate, which means that uh, piece of lumber you buy today uh, basically is worth 6% more next year. Uh, now, granted, the dollar is worth 6% less, less next year, but the dollar uniquely, very strong, which means things are a little more expensive here in the U.S. when you're buying internationally. You and I are just buying in St. Louis. What do we care? So, uh, But the point being that... We're not finished with the tightening from our Federal Reserve Bank. Um, There is some slowing of economy, which basically means uh, clamping down on the construction industry. Uh, That will lead to a little bit of tightening, uh, maybe raise a little unemployment. But, you know, house sales are up. Yeah, all that stuff about, oh, my gosh, you know, declining house sales and prices. It's kind of moderating. Uh, You and I are not finished. We're still preparing our homes and our places to be healthy and whatever we want them to be. So interesting enough, uh, I don't mean this to be a big uh, economics class, but, you know, this whole thing just fascinates me and how one decision, one word by Chairman Powell of the Fed Reserve Bank affects my price of lumber tomorrow. Boom. Wow. 
Interesting. 314-436-7900, 436-7900. Lots of things to talk about. Um, and indeed, as we uh, are going through this winter, perhaps you're noticing little discomfort, you know, drafty windows, drafty doors. Uh, maybe that sun feels great coming through the window, but, you know, you're noticing a little bit of discoloration in the fabric and, you know, the couch and the carpeting and all those things like that. All of those are affected by the glass and glass glazing panels developed by NASA, NASA, National Aeronautic Space Administration of the U.S. Those are the guys that have made all this whiz-bang glass coating stuff possible. They spent the gazillion dollars to find out what it takes to put on a piece of glass that keeps the ultraviolet rays from, uh, ultraviolet rays from bleaching your furniture, my furniture, and carpeting. Well, now we go one better, and we have these great coatings on glass that are so whiz-bang fantastic it reflects all of the heat out and the shine winds up shining on your neighbor's siding and if it's vinyl it will melt it can because think about this you've got insulated glass you pull a vacuum on it so you've got two parallel pieces of glass you kind of pull a vacuum so now that glass sucks in closer to each other ever minutely but concave, kind of like a telescope, microscope, microscope as well. So it takes, you know, and, and concentrates that light wave and it's sunlight. So, I mean, I've seen some really distorted vinyl siding. So anyway, just think about that. Uh, the smarter we get, the, you know, the hurrieder I go, the behinder I get, we've got a little bit of that going on in our energy um, maturing process as we manufacture and install um, and then, you know, change the zoning ordinances and the uh, construction, uh, building codes and the enforcement and all, the, and all of that stuff is totally dependent upon where you are. You know, the, the best way to build in Alaska is not the same as Florida. I exaggerate with that. But think about that, the northern United States or the so- southern United States. One building code does not fit all. So now we've got to write all this stuff, you know, from code enforcement guys and make it adjustable, uh, pertinent, usable, uh, practical for the various places where we are. Well, let's fire up and get going and talk to my uh, first phone line here. Let's see what's happening with John. Hey, John, Scott Mosby, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help, sir? Yes, Scott, I got a question about porcelain. What's mm-hmm. the best way and the safest way to remove paint from porcelain? Uh, what kind of paint is it first? Uh, it was used in the bathroom when I first bought this place. Yeah, and I okay. noticed the bathroom of uh, the tub had little specks of uh, blue paint on it. I'm not sure oh. what kind of paint it is. Okay, so it, uh, did you have a, it, is the tub reglazed? Did they repaint that or are these just air and specks? Just air and specks. Okay, goof off. G-O-O-F space okay. O-F-F, goof off. Yeah, I'm familiar uh, with that product. Yeah, yeah, it's at, that's for oil base, and it'll help for latex as well. So be careful as you're rubbing. If you do have indeed a porcelain uh, painted uh, uh, tub or something like that, it'll be really pretty. You know, really shiny in some places, maybe worn out. But beware for that. So just try it in the corner, rub it with some goof off in a corner somewhere where you won't see it too much, uh, and then see what you've got. But uh, goof off is uh, kind of a magical project or product. Uh, you know, it's it's born the test of time, too. Okay, Scott, I appreciate that advice. Thank you. Yeah. Good luck, my friend. Bye. 
All right. Bye, John. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. I discovered Goof Off, and I, I'm trying to think. I guess one of our painters at Mosby, probably 30 years ago, um, said, you know, hey, check this out. Goof Off. I'm looking at that thinking, wow, I've got a really smart, experienced painter telling me the product Goof Off is good. I'm thinking, well, I don't know. Well, maybe we need to check his background a little bit more. Not so. This stuff was magical because it has a range of products that it will remove the paint from and leave the other stuff okay. Um, you can get into that as well. You get your shellac products. You put a little bit of uh, alcohol. Uh, you know, frankly, I use uh, household rubbing alcohol for my uh, last tack uh, surface when I'm painting something, spray paint, you know, magical, you know, $5, $10 spray can, whatever I'm doing, pots and, you know, all planters and things decorative around the house. You know, I've got all this alcohol. A little bit, you know, I wipe it down, you know, flush it down the toilet, off we go. So, I, you know, I'm I'm not really having flammable, explosive anything's right. Anyway, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, stay tuned. We're going to go talk about baseball. <laughs> Spring training. I know we're mid-February, but it's butamus down there in Florida right now, and we're going to go and talk to see what's happening. So we're going to have an update on Cardinal baseball right here on CAMWEC. Stay tuned because we'll come back for more after that. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, indeed. Back together. Home Improvement. Scott Mosby, 314-436-7900. How about that? Baseball. Whew. Yeah. Oh, my. I remember my first time I went down to spring training and broadcast from the uh, uh, baseball place. You know, Tom Ackerman sets me up and, you know, says, okay, here's the thing. And, and you're right by a window, so you have a great, you know, great look of right field out in the outfield there. We're kind of in the parking lot for, you know, out, out in the right field. And he says, but don't lean into the window much. And I said, Tom, the best views there. I mean, I, I want to move the table up so I can watch, you know, the practice while I'm, you know, on watch the game while I'm on uh, finishing up. He says, well, you know, you're in home runville, and, you know, he showed me a list of five baseballs that he had on the windowsill. He says, these all came through the window. None of them broke the glass, but they all came through the window. I suggest you lean back. Okie dokie. So that was my experience with uh, spring training. Been a fan ever since. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. Scott Mosby here. Let's see what's happening with my buddy Mike. Hey, Mike, good morning. Welcome to KMWX. How can I help you, sir? Hello, Mike. Are you there? Um, I'm getting ready to I'm here. Yeah. Hello. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. I'm getting ready to remodel my uh, bathroom. Uh, I'm taking out a jacuzzi tub. I'm going to put another uh, freestanding tub in. Uh-huh. Um, the basement underneath that is finished. Am I better off taking that ceiling down in the basement to redo my plumbing or trying to take up the subfloor? Ooh, I'll tell you what, uh, if you're doing a freestanding, uh, you're talking about four feet, uh, you know, four, you know, are you talking about pedestal feet on the bottom of a freestanding tub, or is this more of, you know, sits on the whole floor, spreads the area around? It sits on the whole floor. My question is, I need to relocate the plumbing. I know yeah, I'm asking uh, about something else, though. I, I, honestly, um, uh, 
if you're not worried about loading and putting backing down, uh, for example, if you have a pedestal uh, uh, water faucet, you know, hot and cold that comes up and it needs to be securely screwed to the floor, plywood's not enough. So I personally, I think I'd open up the floor from above, miss all that mess down below, uh, put some blocking in for that faucet, uh, maybe see, check, you know, see what the floor joists look like, make sure you're in pretty good structural stead because you're not going to see this thing for another 30 years. So I'd, I'd take the opportunity um, because you're going to have to fix something. Well, the plywood and the subfloor and the blocking, is you don't really need any finish work. You're just hold, hoping the structure is right, plunk the tub down on top of the tile, whatever. So I would definitely open up that plywood, even if I have to cut it pretty close, uh, change my plumbing, um, and, and do the work from up above. It's a pain because you're working down below your feet, so I grant you that. But, you know, unless as long as you're careful and you don't drop a pair of long-nose pliers through your ceiling drywall down below, I think I'd open it up from above and, and uh, you know, take my medicine there and take the opportunity to inspect and fortify all that, you know, plumbing and bearing points and yada, yada, yada. Okay. I do know the uh, subfloor is glued down with liquid nails, yeah. and it's that engineered uh, floor joist. Yeah. Okay. I'd, I'd still do it. It's just going to make it even more of a pain. Um, you're not going to have any squeaks or moving or issues like that. But when you pull that uh, OSB up off those engineered eye joists, uh, you're going to tear. Um, a lot of your plywood's going to stay on top of those eye joists. You're going to wind up chiseling that stuff off right through the glue. So okay. I hear what you're saying. Um, but uh, and you And frankly, if you open the ceiling down below, Mike, you can do the same thing from down below. You're just, you know, putting blocking and things in from the bottom. So it's six and one half dozen the other, frankly. Uh, my thing is, is I don't like working on finished bathtubs around faucets, windows, you know, so it's like bull in a china shop. That's the definition of about what you're about to do. So, you know, right. and, and, you know whether it's well, me or a plumber, you know, who's that careful? It's like, I'm not. You know. Right. I, I, I kind of hate doing drywall mud anyway, so I'll probably go out yeah. to the top. <laughs> yeah. You do a bad job with plywood. You know, it's a little more extra effort. You do a bad job with drywall. You, now you're calling a pro to come in, and, and that, they're tearing it all down to start over anyway. So. Right. All right. Well, I do appreciate that. Thanks very much. Okay, Mike. Good luck, friend. Right. Thanks, Scott. Bye. All right. Bye now. Home improvement, there we go. A little bit tricks of the trade, you know, the things to think about. You know, Mike now has what he needs to make a decision, you know, and, 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 and frankly, that's the one. You know, if I'm no good, you know, I'm pretty good at fixing drywall. So I poke through the drywall, that's fine. But, you know, now I need to get a ladder in on top of that to tub or shower down below. You know, no matter how careful I am, I'm a human. Stuff happens, you know. I I built a custom home in 1983, I mean, we were a day from the homeowners moving in. The electrician was putting in the trims over a very involved three-sided countertop. And he dropped a pair of long-nose pliers. This guy's, you know, incredibly good, incredibly experienced. And that pair of pliers, long-nose, stuck in that countertop like a thrown knife at a targeted bunk. Oh, my gosh. You know, even back then, it was like a $5,000 counter. We had to pull that top out. You know, homeowners had to go through all that. So my point being that if you can avoid the risk, you just, you know, avoid the hazard, limit your risk. You know, I, that's part of why I'm advising Mike to come in from the top. If he drops something, he's going to bump it on the drywall. 
if he messes something up from down below, it's going to hit his, you know, tile, shower, shower door, tub, windows, whatever it is. Anyway, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. Uh, I shared the uh, product Goof Off goof off earlier in our first uh, um, phone call for the day Uh, goof off is a product it's a solvent and it's got you know a mixture of oil and you know it's got some nasty solvents in there so read the directions and watch yourself it's not something you're going to smoke while you're doing you know unless you want to spontaneously ignite and watch your head go poop you know well it can happen Uh, not that it happened to me mind you you know at least not doing it that way Uh, let's see what's happening with my buddy marjorie hey marjorie scott mosby how can i help you this morning can you hear me i sure can you're on super uh about six months ago i heard about windows are i don't know if it's just a coating that you can put on the windows that you already have in your house that can generate electricity from the sun just like solar panels uh, on the house across the street from us that have them up on their roof. But I've never heard any company or any advertisement here in St. Louis of uh, companies that are dabbling in this or starting to think about it. Do you know? Um yeah, no, not directly and specifically, but I can talk to this topic. Um, the amount of membranes, uh, whether rigid or glass, solar panels or plastic, that solar um, uh, PV photovoltaic um, generators can be placed on is almost uh, endless. They're trying to put it on everything. So somebody is making something like you do that, like you're describing. Uh-huh. The issue, and it's it's mostly from direct sunlight. It really has nothing right. to do with your neighbors next door. It just takes sunlight, turns it into PV electric, and then you still have to right. go through all, you know, the thousands of dollars right. of stuff inside. But I, was, I was talking to him, like, uh, what has to be done and so on, and uh, they were saying that the roof on my garage might not be facing the right direction or whatever so i never moved with that but i thought oh if these are windows and we have to have those uh is this a reasonable um No. no okay no i mean think about how big your windows are even with a bunch of windows they're on all sides of your house so Uh you know and and the morning sun is is good, and the yeah. at, and the due south um, midday sun is terrific. So uh-huh. only your south facing uh, side or windows are really going to generate a lot of electricity. Uh, okay. The issue is that now with energy design, we're trying to uh-huh. minimize, minimize windows on the south because of just that. They're incredible solar heat collectors yeah. during the summer. So beware, yeah. this is a not yet technology, yeah. uh, but all of that okay. is valuable. And you can find the um, sun rating or solar rating. Real estate agents have now started to place those on ads. It'll be like 86 oh, or okay. 72. And that, that kind of tells you that your house because you can have a perfect house for solar with a bunch of big trees and you get nothing <laughs> just from uh-huh. trees right so there's a lot to figuring out 
you know, is right. this a good house to put solar on? Number two, what type of solar? And then how much solar? Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Thank you. Good question. Kind of a fun, fun. Over the next 10 years, we're going to talk about a lot of new uh, solar methods, shingles, uh, roofing, uh, uh, films on walls, just because, you know, we're trying to figure this thing out. Okay. Thanks, Marjorie. Good question. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. My name's Scott Mosby. I uh, own Mosby Building Arts. We're in our 75th year. A little heady there. That's, you know, I mean, 75 years of, um, you know, keeping this thing going. It's it's a bit, now it's a responsibility because we have so many uh, employees depending upon us, uh, customers depending upon us. Uh, We stand up to our warranties so that requires longevity so the longer we last you know the 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 better it is for our customers that have bought in and trust us so we take that also very seriously and uh, anyway it's just part of the world and keep the wheel turning for all of the interested parties because there are many including our communities whom we serve you know the uh, philanthropic things that we do throughout the area uh, you know it matters uh, it, you know i mean too much is given, much is expected. So that's kind of who we are. 314-436-7900. I'm sitting here on CAMOX. CAMOX takes that. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, back together, Scott Mosby here. If you're planning any kind of construction project, get on planning it now. Uh, some of the things we've learned through the pandemic uh, were issues that faced our industry and, frankly, project management of any kind, whether you're doing it yourself, hiring it professionally done, or starting with uh, designing a project long before the construction. Uh, the, the sooner you start, the easier it will be on you, the consumer, customer, um, home uh, occupant. Uh, Frankly, um, it, it just it takes a lot of time to think through uh, or not. Uh, frankly, there are companies that are not involved in the design. And frankly, all of this that I'm about to say is just not part of what what it's important to them. You know, it's like you go buy the materials, I'll put it in. Well, then it looks like whatever, you know, I mean, you're the best designer on the whole thing. If you're really good at that, your project turns out great. The issue is... Uh, get started early so that things uh, for us at Mosby Building Arts, uh, kitchens, you know, uh, ordering appliances eight months before we need them, some of them more than a year. Uh, yeah, I mean, some of these unique appliances in specific designer ends, I mean, it used to be a four-month lead time. Now it might be 14 months uh, just because parts of the world are behind us in recovering from the pandemic manufacturing, uh, all the stuff in China, they're just trying to make up their mind whether we're opening up or not and all that. You know, now they open up and then, you know, the, you know, the COVID comes in and, you know, because they were isolated. So the um, supply chain is getting better, yes, but maybe not for the two products you need to finish your project. So just be aware that uh, starting soon, you know, if you're trying to remodel a bathroom, you know, start half a year early uh, because you can decide uh, when you want to start or when you don't. But if you need it now and you start designing now, 
holy smokes, the products may not even be available. You know, the labor force to do it, the skilled labor force for those specific products. You know, the more specific your need is, the more specific and limited the group of people trained and experienced in doing that. So start early. Uh, you know, it's it's very important. Uh, phone lines are open, 314-436-7900, Let's talk with my buddy Craig. Hey, Craig, good morning. How you doing today? Pretty good. How about you? Fantabulous, my friend. How can I help? Um, I just had a couple comments. Uh, your previous caller putting in that standalone soaking tub. Um, we're getting towards the end of our bathroom remodel, and just wanted to pass along a couple ideas. Um, yeah, we did. Uh, we did go through the subfloor in the bathroom to reconfigure all the plumbing and the drain. Um, their jacuzzi makes a great product. It lets you do all your configuration, put the subfloor back down. What you do is you put their product in. It's like a cone shaped. It's about four inches deep, and lets you put the tub in after you've get all you've got all your tile done and and all your finish work. Uh, you put this in the subfloor and then tile around it. And then you yeah. just put an extension on the drain, and it's got a real hard rubber gasket in the uh, bottom of the cone. And with that extent, brass extension on the drain, you just uh, put this applied silicone on the gasket and just drop it into place, which lets you uh, do all that without having access once you're installing the tub. Yeah. And then yeah, another yeah. thing we did, we were fortunate to have utility room underneath our upstairs bathroom. So we put in a metal access door. Um, it lets yeah. us do all the finishing connecting on the uh, supply lines once we uh, I put a block in for the for the tub filler and now all the tiles in and everything so I just have to open up the uh, access door from underneath but like I said we were fortunate to have a uh, utility room downstairs yeah yeah nice work nice work on the access panel just thinking about it I mean people think well I'm done now I won't ever have to go back there uh, not usually so. <laughs> so yeah, another no. another reason I wanted to do that was I'm using uh, shark bites on the shutoff valves that I'm putting in yeah. right there, too. And I don't know if I'm really trusting the shark bites <laughs> that much, so I'll always, have, I'll always have access to them, too. Yeah, you and me, brother. I'm, uh, you know, I buy off on them. I like them, but you know, I'm still from the show me state, so I, I, I'm right there with you, right shoulder to shoulder for sure. Yeah, that Jacuzzi uh, Quick Fix or Quick Connect, I uh, can't remember the model number on it, but uh, that's a great product too, so you don't have to have access. Once you go to uh, uh, put the tub in um, after yeah. you've done all your tiling. And that is, is that, that can be used for other brands of, of tubs as well. Is that true, Craig? I would imagine so, as long as you um, get the right. The, the kit comes with the, it's about 10 inches or 12 inch of brass. Um, extension to uh, connect to your yeah. tub. So, yeah, I yeah. would imagine that it's pretty standard connection uh, to the tub drain on any other brand. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like a big cone. All you have to do is be within a few inches. So as you're setting your tub and moving it around to fit and be centered or exactly where you want it, it's hard to know, you know, two months earlier when you're roughing in the plumbing. So. Right. Yeah, you got to have a, a real good idea, and we did. We laid out everything where we wanted the tub, so we knew. Uh, actually, this tub has a center drain, so we just laid that out, 
and uh, put the uh, cone in the subfloor, tiled around it. So when we're about ready to put the tub in, so all we have to do is drop it into place into that cone. Very nice. Very nice. Thank you for sharing. That's a great idea. I appreciate it. Okay, you're welcome. Have a good one. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh-huh. There we go. A little help from our friends, a community of KMOX, Craig advocating that there's a jacuzzi, jacuzzi product uh, that is part of their rough-in kit, came with his tub, and it's kind of a cone, uh, and, and to made it, make it um, sealed for the waistline and you know meet the building code, you have to follow those instructions very carefully, but it allows the alignment and the moving and adjustment of that tub when you're setting it in what we call the finish steps, when you're really putting it together for you know the last time in the tub just going to stay put uh you know then you have this tub and the drain doesn't quite line up well this apparently has an ability to put a gasket in there and then fill it with silicone which is similar to the old lead wipe um plumbing that the plumbers used to do Uh, you know we we have gotten away from that because of the lead fumes and the toxicity of all of that it's not very good for plumbers cooking up lead and sitting over the top of it sniffing all those fumes so now we've gone to other products for uh making that seal one being that a 314-436-7900 scott mosby at your service 50,000 watts of camo x let's see what's happening with my buddy mick hey mick good morgan how can i help you this fine day Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm fantabulous. Good deal. So I have uh, we have a master bath and a hall bath, and they're kind of a, you know they're back to back, but the okay. you know the plumbing is not back to back. And when we redid, when we remodeled the hall bath, the plumber put in um, they called hammer arrestor, maybe something yep. like that. Yep. 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 Apparently, that wasn't done when they redid the master bath. That, that was done before we bought the home. And now, you know, we turn the hot water on, we get, don't, don't, don't. How, yeah. how, do I, how can I fix that without tearing the tile and the wall up? Well, first off, uh, what a hammerhead is is just a big, bulbous uh, pipe or fitting. Sometimes they just run the pipes up higher and put a cap on it. And what it is is, is an area for an air chamber. They're, they're technically called uh, air chamber slang hammerhead. Uh, and what it is is when the water um, slams in, stops moving, instead of slamming up against a hard piece of copper or metal and making a, a collision sound, uh, it compresses the air instead. Um, what I'm going to ask you to do is uh, it, you're probably not going to be able to go back in and put those air chambers back in. However, it's possible that those air chambers have become waterlogged anyway because it takes about three years, four years before all that air goes back into solution or suspension in that water and you wind up with all these air chambers full of water, no more shock-absorbing capability left in it because it needs the air to compress. Water doesn't compress the same. So, so I su- even, though, I su- even though those hammer things are in the hall bath and we're getting the noise when we run the water in the master bath. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and because they're not that far away. So frankly, your master bath faucets are probably six feet, you know, plumbing pipe distance, maybe eight, you know, so technically speaking, they probably should work pretty well. Um, you see what I'm saying? 
So, but you've got to get air back in that, which means you need to drain all your plumbing pipes, all your water supply pipes down to zero pain in the neck. So you shut off the water to the house and you open every faucet in the house and drain it. Uh, You just leave your water heater. As long as you don't drain the water heater, just leave it alone. It'll be fine. Um, But it'll take two, three, four hours for the water to drain out of all those pipes up in the second floor, the first floor, whatever it is. And, you know, laundry tubs are great down in the basement. I open up faucets for hose bibs. It's a little tough this time of year. But the issue is you open up the low faucets and you open the top faucets. The air comes in the top. So all that water drains down and all of your plumbing supply pipes are now full of air. Well, these hammerheads, these uh, air chambers up above, when you turn the water back on and turn the faucets back on one by one, and that's a careful, so now you leave the water still off to the house, you go through and you close all those faucets, and you start with your toilets, start flushing your toilets, and they will spit and pop and bubble and gurgle because you've got all this air in the line. Well, then you start on the first floor and you do the same thing with that. And and very carefully, because some of this stuff can come out with force and you can wind up with your whole chest soaking wet as this thing goes. So beware. Uh, And then you get up to your second floor and you just do it. You do the same thing. Cold. It'll spit. It'll go and flow. And then you go to the hot and do the same showers, toilets, anything, even out to your hose bibs. Of course, if you have air in the hose bibs, leave those alone until spring. But the point being is you reinsert this charge of air into this vertical air chamber that now even your hall bath will be better, but you may have something in your uh, faucets in the, in the master. It may or may not fix it, but this is the first step in a process of elimination um, because some faucets are much more prone to um, noisy pipes, um, uh, because they can be turned off very rapidly. So, you know, when you're flowing water in a cold pipe, half-inch potter pipe, that water's going 20, 30 miles an hour. So think about your car, 20, 30 miles an hour, and all of a sudden it stops. There's going to be a sound. There's a collision. There's, a, you know, there's a momentum and energy that has to dissipate and it makes noise and re- reverberates all around your house. So uh, the the issue may be they may not have secured your hot and cold pipes in the master bath to keep them from shaking and rattling. So although you put these air chambers in, and even if you had the air chambers, the hammerheads in your master, they still could move and shake and make that sound if they aren't properly and fully secured. Wow, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In the Mosby office, we call scotting this up. It's like, oh, I I didn't, boy, did you take off? It's like, yes, sir, I did, sorry. Anyway. All right. Well, I appreciate the time today. Yeah. Good luck, my friend. Thank you. All right, Mick. Scott Mosby here, Home Improvement Camwex, trying to give you enough information to noodle through this on your own because I I don't know all the answers. I can't see all the stuff. But you know what? I've messed up most everything multiple times. And, you know, as I uh, get more experience, I'm learning to pay attention and learn to my, my experiences, my, my mistakes a little better. But think of me as your research and development department because I already made all those mistakes. And I continue to make some of them, but I'm I'm learning. Uh, anyway, we'll be right back here for more on KMOX after this. Scott Mosby at your service on KMOX. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. 
Yes, indeed. Back together, Scott Mosby wrapping up Hour 1. Stay tuned. We've got Hour 2 coming up, and then 1 o'clock, your retirement professionals. Tonight, Billiken basketball, 645 game right here on CAMWAC. Stay tuned. Go Bills. They're uh, still uh, uh, still the Billikens. Yes, indeed. They are up and running. Uh, let's go to my friend Jewel, see what's happening. Hey, Jewel, good morning. Welcome to CAMWAC. How can I help you? This is very fine Thank day. You. Hey, I just yes, want to make a I just want to make a comment on the shark bite thing. Uh, yeah. With my company, we we used to use shark bite in the beginning, but yeah. was forced to stop because most of your building inspectors won't accept them. Really? They make you yeah. They make you take them out. Now, personally, I've never had one leak, but yeah. the building inspectors don't like them. So, if yeah. uh, you're planning on using them and you're going to need to have a inspection, you might want to check with your city code first. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Uh, well, some of it is, um, you know, the plumbers have the experience. They're fine soldering things, uh, and they're fine making a choice on the shark bites. But an inspector an inspector can't tell the uh, skill level of the uh, person who put that shark bite. Did they slide it in an eighth of an inch? Did they slide it in a quarter? Did they slide it properly a half of an inch all the way to bed, you know? So that's where... The, the community of uh, building officials is, you know, they're from the show me state too. <laughs> so yep. they're not right on that. But that. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for bringing that forward because that is a practical uh, point of, you know, whether I use shark bite. No. And for the listeners out there, shark bite is a poly um, flexible uh, hot and cold water line. It's a tubing and these shark bites are press on. Um, and you know they are they've been out for a decade or so they're picking up a lot of application they, even the pros are starting to use them but typically uh, they'll use them once you get really close to a sink they'll they'll plumb the whole house typically in hard pipe you know the ones we experience with and then once you get close to the bathroom they might go to these poly lines anyway um, interesting there's a technology moving ahead uh, with or without one of the constituencies is you know the building officials do they accept them yet so there you go. Thank you. Hey, appreciate it. A little help from our friend Jewel. Uh, Scott Mosby here, Home Improvement. Phone lines 314-436-7900, 436-7900. We started out with uh, John who had a porcelain bathtub. He said, how do I get paint off of the bathtub? Well, he was just talk- talking about some specs. So somebody probably um, painted the bathroom walls or ceiling and had some blue paint. And those specs, those little little ticks that come flying off if you move the roller too fast you know the circumferential uh, sp- speed of that roller face starts flinging paint off and you all know what i'm talking about for those of you that have run rollers so rollers move relatively slowly and you can control how that uh, speckling or spotting or spitting as sometimes we call it uh, anyway uh, goof off is a product you buy at the paint store sometimes a little hard to find but they're at most of the big box stores um, hardware stores certainly the professional paint stores they come in small containers i've had a little small container personally at my house gosh I mean, long enough that it's got a rusty top. It's a metal can because of the solvents that are in it. So it's like old school, um, you know, paint solvents. And it comes in a metal can with a plastic tip. So the point being is you you just read the instructions, uh, become very familiar with it. And like anything else that is new for you the first time, uh, try it in a corner that is not easily seen. So uh, Murphy's Law, whatever can go wrong, will go wrong 
this is a solvent. It might take all of the paint, all of the finish off of your baseboards, off of your trim, off your cabinet, off your counter, whatever it is. So be very careful with it and read the instructions. Uh, but it's really good for removing errant specks and cleanup things. Um, uh, but, you know, or, or throw a drop cloth over the bathtub before you paint. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's how it happened. So goof off is the takeaway from there. Also, Mike, uh, second question, remodeling his bathroom, putting in a freestanding tub. Should I open up the ceiling from down below, drywall on the floor below it? Or should I open up the wood floor from up above? And he had engineered eye joists, which means that there's a boatload of fasteners, glue, and connectors to try and make these eye joists uh, stay perfectly vertical uh, so that they perform structurally as you and I expect them to. And it's kind of a squeak thing, so they glue everything. As my father would say, you know, on those engineered eye joists, or any floor system for that matter, well, it's glued, screwed, and tattooed. And that was, uh, you know, his explanation of when you're paying attention and you're touching all the bases, that's the ticket. Uh, Marjorie asked about solar windows and films on her solar windows. Is it time to get new windows so that they could be solar collectors? Um, that's it, it. That's the question. Uh, the reality is there are a lot of films. Uh, 3M makes films uh, not with solar collector, uh, at least not marketed yet to the public, uh, but they have uh, films that meet all kinds of things that will reflect, reject, ultraviolet, uh, UVA, UVB, uh, all that stuff. Uh, so you can apply those films. Uh, Marjorie was asking, gosh, can I make a a solar collector out of my windows? Because if I just buy new windows, I wind up with solar capabilities. Uh, That's not quite um, yet available or practical. Because even if you do that, um, your south windows are the windows that in the morning or the afternoon or the south at midday, that's when you get the greatest heat or sun solar gain from uh, any, any kind of a photovoltaic or PV system, which means that sunlight gets turned into low-volt electricity, then it comes in DC, you flip it around with a transformer in your garage, and it becomes AC power, yada, 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 and you go, well, anyway, the point being, uh, not yet, no, but yes, all that technology is out there, mostly in research labs. Stay tuned, Hour 2, CAMOX Home Improvement Show, Scott Mosby, I'll be standing by, here comes the news, weather, and sports on CAMOX. Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Oh, yes, indeed. We are lunchtime, bean time, middle of the dial, KMOX. And we are uh, KMOX 1120. You can follow me, uh, this or any other KMOX show, on odyssey.com, A-U-D-A-C-Y dot C-O-M. It's an app, A-P-P or application, which means it's a shortened mini program you can have on a uh, smartphone. You click on it, and it takes you right to simple things, and uh, you can get things done a lot quicker when you know that app. Anyway, A-U-D-A-C-Y Odyssey app, available on all the places you can get apps here, uh, or listen to me on camwax.com, still a favorite. Uh, I like uh, sometimes when I'm working around the laptop, I just pop it up on and bring it online, and Listen live while I'm, you know, paying bills and doing my morning stuff. Uh, 314-436-7900 puts us together. I'm sitting here in the studio uh, waiting for your call. So this is the Camwex Home Improvement Show. Bring on any questions, 
answers, topics, products, experiences, uh, ideas how to help previous callers. This is the community of CAMWEX. You are part of that family, as am I and many others that uh, broadcast here on CAMWEX as well as listen throughout our various parts of our lives, both professional and personal. Uh, CAMWEX has been around since 1925, you know, long time. Uh, you know, they're, you know, I mean... Uh, they take things very seriously on the responsibility to the community. Uh, one of those examples is Scott Jagel. We have a real live manned um, newsroom. So somebody pays attention to the news. They uh, put together a uh, news um, uh, program, a news uh, broadcast, top of the hour. And it, they're really news people, so they don't just take somebody else's and uh, replay it over and over again because we are, you know, live and local all the time for our community and if something happens you know you're going to tune to cam wex it's been that way for you know uh, almost 100 years now and uh, cam wex continues to answer that bell and sit that seat and because of that and, and our loyalty loyalty to cam wex and and the programming uh, that's where we come that's where the cardinals are that's where all the important things happen in st louis right here on cam wex 314-436-7900. I'm Scott Mosby. I've been doing this show for a long time. Uh, I enjoy it. I look forward to this every Saturday. It keeps me a little bit sharp and keeps me current. Uh, I interact with the people I work with at Mosby Building Arts. Uh, Oftentimes I'm uh, traveling as well and learning, so uh, I try to get as far upline as I can get close to the research people in a lot of these uh, companies so I travel nationally and my job is to look for trouble and find it and figure out how we at Mosby Building Arts and our tradespeople, uh, dedicated, committed and, and talented and experienced, how, you know, they just want to do a good job. My job is to make it easy on them to do that thing. So, I mean, whatever it is, whether they're a painter, a plumber, or electrician, uh, all those things that matter and how they play well together. So uh, we are technically a general contractor, but one step above that, we are also a licensed architect in the state of Missouri because we learned very, very quickly that if you're not having the entire conversation, if you're only talking about part of it, uh, you can do a phenomenal design, but if it can't be built or it's difficult to be built or it's onerously expensive to build that beautiful whatever it is, that all has to be part of the conversation. Uh, and that's why we are now design-build. And everybody says they're design-build. You know, I've got a college kid that's a draftsman and he's designing all. Well, that's different than having licensed architects, certified aging in place, you know, kitchen and bath people, uh, all those specialties that are uh, true professionals professionals and what they do with the experience certification all the yada 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 all that so bring in what we're trying to do is bring all those voices together at the table with the customer the consumer uh, you the homeowner and and see what the best mix of choices are to hit that goal uh, sometimes budget restrictions are how close can we get to that with with the budget that we have. Uh, sometimes it's, uh, this is my last house. Uh, I don't want any water problems. I don't want da-da-da-da-da. You know, I, I, want a, I, I want a brand name faucet so I can always get a replacement cartridge for it. I don't want to have to change my faucet after 20. I just want to fix it. So those are all the issues around brand names, qualities, uh, design build, uh, and various things. So that's who and, and what I am and why I do what I do. And, and man, I'll tell you what, I, I still love it. 
It's a good time. Um, I get to talk to creatives, uh, engineers, uh, finance people, and these companies saying, you know, we, you know, we've got this product that is whiz bang, the absolute best, but the price on it has to be so high the consumers don't want it. Only a few. Do, well, then they wind up with a product. It's like, well, you know what? I might know one or two people a year that want that thing. And they're willing to pay whatever that is. Uh, generally, we also have like Right Bath and Right Kitchen, and those are express uh, services for you know kitchen and bath. Not everybody wants us to you know build uh, the, to to re-engineer all the plumbing, all the electric, all the floors, all the baseboards, everything. They just want new cabinets, tops, and appliances. That's what we call Right Bath or Right Kitchen. It's kind of an express uh, uh, limited choice because one of the longest things in these projects, making up your mind. Um, I mean, we do this at Mosby Building Arts all the time, you know, so we know how to get stuff. and But we can't, uh, we can ask really clear and specific questions. But, you know, you don't do this much. So you might do one bathroom remodel in 25 years. I don't want to make a bad decision. I need somebody to help me through this. So my point being, that's the part in hour one I was saying, start early because the toughest part is pressure on a consumer homeowner trying to make a decision right now when, you know, their thought process, you know, not everybody's wired the same way. Um, You know, extroverts tend to make pretty fast, general, big picture decisions. Uh, detailed engineer sorts want to, you know, see what kinds of faucets are, you know, what's it made of? Is it brass? Uh, what's the O-ring? You know, what's the O-ring made of? Uh, what's the life of an O-ring? You know, all those things. So it, 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 the more you care about your house, the more time it will take for you to make a good decision. And sometimes we'll push back and say, you know, that's a really good faucet. Um, we've had some problems with it. The industry's had some problems with it. Uh, we'd kind of like you to recommend, you know, consider this one. This is similar, uh, but it has a little more bomb proof, kind of like, uh, you know, certification. That's part of the product that we bring to you is, you know, the experience of what works. Uh, let's see what's happening uh, with my buddies. Get right to the phone line. See what's cooking with Bob. Hey, Bob, Scott Mosby, home improvement. How can I help you this afternoon? Welcome to KMOX. How you doing? I'm good, Bob. How are you this morning or this afternoon now? The project for the garage on the back of my house. So, oh, it's, uh, it, it's on hills. Okay, I'm, I'm having a hard time hearing you. I'm hearing every other word. Oh, okay, gotcha. Can you change phones? Give me a second. Yep, I'm I with hope you there. this will work. Here we go. How's this? Yeah. Better? Much, yeah, better. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. I'm uh, planning a project for a, a detached garage on the back of my house. Mm-hmm. I have a walkout basement, and uh, under the walkout, there's a concrete slab, and there's a, about a 20 by 15 uh, screened-in porch over the top of it with a roof on it, so that's all connected to the house. How close can I or excavate to that porch and... If I need to do anything else prior to excavation to make sure that that porch is going to stay up there and it's not going to, you know, uh, affect the rest of my the, the, the house structure. Okay, uh, good question. Um, and I'm, I, I'm going to scot this up a little bit. Um, fire code says that that detached garage has to be 10 feet or more away. 
If it gets okay. less than that, then the flame spread, if your garage catches on fire or your house catches on fire, it's going to move from structure to structure too rapidly. So there's all kinds of, uh, you know, like three layers of fire code drywall on both sides of the wall. Then, you know, so my mm-hmm. point being is you're, you have bigger zoning issues of how close. Uh, so 10 feet, uh, you can get as close as five, but I, you can't even get, I don't think you can get closer than five feet on, on your fire control, which is a big deal for garage, especially if it's a detached. I, I you know, it sounds like a place you'd do some fun things. Um, yeah. For, now, so back it, to your direct question, how close structurally? Uh, 45 degrees. So if you're peer for that uh, second floor screened-in porch, and it has to be at least 30 inches deep, so you need to stay about three feet away from the pier or the foundation part at the bottom at the soil line to mm-hmm. not undermine that uh, existing pier structure and it's how it disperses loads off at a 45-degree angle. Follow me there? Yeah, yeah, because when I look at it, it looks like it's, it's about a four-inch, uh, uh, you know, thick of uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the floor portion yeah. of it. And then how that you know I didn't have anything to do with the construction of it, but I'll just tell you that they according to the plans that uh, that I've seen that it's supposed to have some piers underneath each of the the, the, the supports yeah. you know to the beam. Yes. And but you know my biggest concern was you know it's it's going to be some major excavating and a lot of this is already on fill, you know I mean and 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 so you know I, I want to go down you know plenty deep enough till I hit you know. Uh, you know, yeah. a, a solid area, and yeah. uh, I just was just concerned that if I got too close, I mean, is there anything I can do to, you know, like maybe peer up the the porch foundation prior, you know, an additional uh, peering prior to any kind of excavation? Uh, yeah, but how close are you trying to get to this thing? Because, uh, you know, if you're inside of St. Louis County or any of the municipalities, the very closest you can get is five feet sometimes. And some of them have changed to seven feet just because, you know, if, if you know, fire response times, yeah. you know. So yeah, I can I can space that are... out there. I can get I can go 10 feet or even yeah. further. But, you know, I was kind of wanting to get it a little bit closer and just keep this whole area back here as a breezeway. You know, I mean. Between the, the between the actual house and and the new construction, the new uh, the new garage, yeah. so this was kind of my major concern. I'm looking here and saying, boy, this is a it's a pretty steep hill. It's probably you know got a thirty on it. You know, I mean thirty yeah. degrees. You know? wow. And so, wow. you know, it's it's a major it's going to be a major yeah. construction project. But yeah, no. I just thought, well, prior to uh, making any plans and uh, you know looking at, at some plans and some options. Yeah. So, uh, Bob, the truth is, no matter what I say, no matter what you think, and no matter what engineer, you won't know till you dig it. Because when you <laughs> dig it, and that's why that's why inspectors inspect footings and uh, excavations, because they want to see if this is virgin soil that has never been dis- disturbed and it'll hold up anything, or is this a bunch of fluffy stuff with debris in it to where you're not done. This This stuff won't hold up you know, a toothpick. So, yeah. Uh, and I that's, think that's what's going to be the issue because I, I know it's a, there's yeah. a bill because I had a, a large wall, uh, you know, that uh, those concrete uh, blocks, you know, that they, they reuse the concrete, right, right. put them in the forms. So I've got a wall like that, you know, it's that thing's probably six foot tall. And then, you know, that's all fill, you know, so six yeah. foot of dirt on the back side of it, you know. Sure. So uh, I'm just wondering if maybe this is just a project that just can't be done, you know, uh, economically you know or it's not feasible 
for whatever reason. But that's the issue. You won't know until you dig it. So it's going to cost you five thousand dollars to find out. And 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 the answer may be, nope. (laughs) After five thousand bucks of digging and backfilling and you know. So, and designing too, you know, so I I would, there are peering companies that will come out and take soil samples for you. So they do test bores, you know, they basically drill um, cones of six inch, three inch soil, and they look at the stratus to see what's down there. And uh, so that's a soils engineer you're looking for. You're welcome to call Mosby Building Arts. We'll recommend you to one. But when we get in those situations, you know, first thing we do is test the soil because, you know, it's not a fun conversation. You're ten, twelve, fourteen thousand dollars a design, and you know permits and time. You're six months, and all of a sudden you say, "Well, it's another hundred thousand dollars to build this thirty-five thousand dollar garage." Right. Oh, and, ouch! <laughs> and even when I built that wall, you know, I hired an engineer to you know make sure that you know, and of course, you know, got the proper permits and everything, you know, to do that. So I kind of know a little bit about what's on the backside. I know everything yeah. that's on the back side of that wall, but I don't know what's <laughs> what's what's underneath, you know, the the back side of the the porch, you know, to the house itself, you know, the how deep right. the footing is around the house or uh yeah. you know, since it's a, a a cedar construction, you know, it's not a solid concrete wall in the back. So, um yeah. anyway, you pretty much uh, you gave me a pretty good uh, uh guide there and it's about engineering. Yes, you know, sir. Def- definitely uh, uh the place to to begin. So I appreciate your time and appreciate your your input on that and love listening to the show. Right on. Take care. Okay. Take care. Scott Mosby, home improvement off and running. And this is so that was a good glimpse from the outside in of design projects and how we manage risk and communicate to the client. You know, it's like, you know what, if you want it that close, now we've got 10 partners because, you know, two of them are the fire department and the fire inspector. Oh, really? Why? Well, you know, their job is to make response times, you know, before your house burns to the ground. They want to get here and put the fire out. And the closer you put that garage to the house, the more risk they're taking on controlling the spread of a fire. You know, yada, yada. Anyway, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement at your service. I'll be right back after this. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yeehaw, off and running. KMOX Hour 2. Scott Mosby at your service. 50,000 watts. Bosco, my pet gerbil in the background. Spinning that treadmill, making all kinds of energy. 50,000 watts. Maybe a little bit of help from Amarin. I grant you that, but... Bosco's the guy, you know. Anyway, here we are, studio together. Maybe I've been in this room a little too long. Uh, let's get outside and talk to my buddy Jim. Hey, Jim, good afternoon. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help you this fine afternoon? Yeah, Jim, uh, Scott, uh, appreciate your uh, information on here. Uh, yeah. We have some ceramic uh, tile in our kitchen that we want to remove and uh, replace with, uh, well, we're looking at vinyl uh, plank floors. Uh, any yeah. recommendations, yeas and nays? Uh, no, uh, uh, luxury vinyl. Uh, vinyl used to be uh, cheap, easy, and simple. Uh, then they started with uh, the technology of make. They could imprint and make vinyl look like 
anything, likewise laminate flooring. So all of a sudden, you can have complete controllability on what it looks like. Then your vinyl, you know, you've got ceramic tile, you know, with we work with aging in place, people that, uh, you know, as they're staying in their homes, knees and ankles and hips all starting to hurt. That concrete tile, the cement tile is getting a little bit tough to walk on you know, on and on and on, or you've got little ones or grandchildren, you drop a gallon of milk, a vinyl floor, half you have 50% chance it's going to bounce. Ceramic tile, you have about a 2% chance it's going to bounce. So all, you know, luxury vinyl or vinyl floors have come way back um, and are beautiful. And frankly, some of those prints, I would challenge you to decide from 10 feet away whether it's wood or vinyl. You just can't tell. Um, so it's, it's, I, I'm in favor of it. Um, you do have to remove the ceramic tile, uh, the cement board underneath it, or the underlayment. So you're going down about an inch, and then you have to work your way back up because your luxury vinyl goes on a, a underlayment. So you may have two layers of plywood, you know, one getting it up to the right level, um, and, you know, on top of your what's called subfloor, which is the stuff nailed to your floor joist or eye joist, and then another piece and then an underlayment. Now, you can get five-eighths inch thick underlayment. I don't think you can get three-quarter. At least I don't know where it's – I don't. it's probably out there. It's just hard to find. So the point being, by doing this, uh, you have the opportunity to align the height of your new kitchen floor with the floors around it in the dining room or family room or whatever. And that has, as you get on in life and, you know, mobility becomes issues and, and aging becomes design issue. Um, that's the big opportunity. So I, I, you know, um, it's a good product. It's growing because of all the things I've said, it's a good choice. So I'm on board with you. Right. So uh, is there a fabric underlayment you're talking about or just a hardboard underlayment? Uh, Hard, you, uh... Hardboard. It's more plywood. So when you have um, vinyl, uh, the issue is it's very pliable. It moves and it's soft. Uh, that's the good news. The bad news is it will reflect any dimple or imperfection underneath it, even when they get into what's called luxury vinyl, which just means thick vinyl. So you need a near perfect surface underneath that vinyl floor 25, 30 years ago or now. So you can't really put it over any bumpy, lumpy, bad. It'll just telegraph right through the floor, and then it becomes a wear pattern where that top part of the vinyl bends around the hump below. So you need a perfect floor, and a perfect floor is delivered by what's called an underlayment, and that's a piece of plywood. Um, that has no voids inside. So a, a woman in a high heel, as she walks across the floor, if she hits one of those voids in a CDX or a structural t- piece of plywood, that heel can poke right through the vinyl, right through the plywood. So an underlayment has none of those voids in it. All right. Well, yeah, and our tile floor right now is a little high for the, like you say, the adjoining floors. Uh, so that this will give us an opportunity to uh, get it down to that level. So what thickness of uh, underlayment do you, are you recommending? Uh, your your vinyl floor uh, will have a minimum available to it, uh, and generally nothing less than like quarter inch to three-eighths. Um, are you going to do this project yourself or have a company do it? We're planning on uh, um, doing it ourselves. The click-together oh. oh, Okay, so it's kind of a click-together floor? Yeah, so uh, it has a sub base on it, about a quarter inch cushion on underneath of it. Not a quarter. Okay. 
okay, well then um, there is a, um, it will have a specification for that floor. Whoever's supplying that floor to you will be able to answer that question. What's the minimum? Uh, I'm going to guess that it's no less than a quarter inch, but the issue you face is you're going to take off you know, say a half inch of tile, you're going to take off a half inch of underlayment, whether it's cement or plywood. So you're down an inch and you probably need to come up about five eighths, you know, well, your vinyl's about an eighth. So you're probably going to put down a half inch piece of underlayment plywood. And and does that make sense? Uh, And which is a really good thickness because you start getting to three eighths and a quarter, you're starting to get a little bit thin there. You know, I like a good piece of plywood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that sounds good. So they do advertise it being waterproof, but I am concerned about the the the, the joints. Yeah, yeah. The joints are actually waterproof, or just the plank itself? Uh, the joints might not allow water past it, but many of those joints will hold water to to meet that water. So the water won't get to the underlayment, but your vinyl floor may not do well with wet joints. So sometimes those waterproof things mean you basically glue them together click to click. Um, So anyway, don't believe anything's waterproof. You know, a a swimming pool liner is waterproof until it isn't. Right, right. You see what I mean? What what do you think about the click together vinyl planks? Yeah, I, I'm fine with it. It depends on the brand and, and the, the quality and all that. I, I caution you, you're asking me a lot of questions that suggest <laughs> you're on the low end of experience here. And, and I'm getting a little nervous the more questions you're asking me because now it's like, ooh, boy, you might want to talk to a pro on this one. Uh, because, yeah, you know, no, the, it's, the, uh, it's just, we're the typical weekend homeowners uh, yeah, trying to do yeah. something. Yeah, and, and frankly, that's the thing is uh, installing the finished tile is probably the easiest part. Um, laying it out, knowing which, you know, do I start with a three, do I cut this first one three inches wide or do I use the whole five inch or whatever it is, the layout and how it relates to the rest of the floors around it and where your joints are. Do I really want two big joints right in front of the kitchen sink where I'm most likely to have water. Uh, no, maybe I'd like to lay this floor out so I have my biggest boards, you know, vinyl, whatever they are, in front of the sink so I minimize that risk. So that's that's what pros do that, um, you know, y- you can do as well, but you have to know how to lay it out. And then nailing everything down. For example, when we pull up the ceramic tile, we're going to re-nail down the old subfloor just because we can does it need to? That's yeah, a good, good time because we, yeah. we do have some squeeze. Yeah. So I, I, I would get into it, but uh, do keep your homework going. Read the instructions on this product. And, and when you go buy that underlayment, make sure it is underlayment because you'll see all kinds of beautiful plywood that's just gorgeous. But it may not have all those cores in every ply filled to um, uh, sustain, you know, what the floor needs and finish. Gotcha, I see. Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, hey, one other quick question, uh, something yeah. different. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I did install a, a hood and fan in the kitchen and the six-inch ductwork going to a, to a roof vent. Uh, yeah. And it seems that every time it rains, it sounds like it's raining right into the, the <laughs> vent fan. Uh, so it's echoing down from the roof. Yeah. Yep. Is there a way to minimize that? 
Yes, believe it or not. Kind of yes, kind of no. What that tells me is that your fan really works and it vents great. (laughs) The the issue is it's like the captain, you know, up on the uh, helm of the ship calling down to the coal room, full speed ahead. Well, that's just a pipe that just takes that sound well. So the same for your rain and, you know, wait till you get a good hailstorm. That's a... That's a yeah. uh, fun one. What you can do is you can muffle it. The issue is you can't put anything inside that pipe, but uh, insulating, uh, what I like to do anytime I get a metal anything is I put flex duct on the outside of it. Um, and the sound deadening capability is a little bit on the outside, a whole bunch if you could put it on the inside. But the inside just means that you're going to get you know, a uh, flu fire, you know, because you're putting right, you know, right, grease right. up there and now you have all kinds of f- fluffy stuff and, it, you know, you're going to, it's going to burn. So put it on the outside, insulate it, and it does hold down some of the condensation in winter times when it gets really, really, really cold. You can actually get the metal on that duct up in your attic so cold that the humidity from your kitchen going up that, even when you're not running this thing, it literally turns into a little rainstorm right there over your cooktop. Yeah, it's not much of a uh, the, the the flipper, I guess, uh, yeah. that allows the, the air to flow out. <laughs> yeah. It's not much yeah. of a seal on that. Right, and and, so. and even the best ones are not much of a seal because it, for fire reasons, it's got to be metal to metal. So they put a little bit of plastic, you know, something on it at the right. joint, but it's never going to be really good. Right, right. So there's a lot of heat escaping. That. You're right, and then so that yep. moisture could develop. Yeah, I right. did. I did wrap it just with pipe wrap insulation, but uh, maybe that good. wasn't enough. No, no. Even if you do the best on the outside, it's it's noisy. It's just going to be noisy. Um, okay. We have the same issue when we have vents on vent hoods that go right through the exterior wall of the house. It's a fabulous vent, but when the wind blows, man, it it comes right back through that vent. So, um, you know, good venting, venting and good energy control are mutually exclusive. <laughs> great, great. Scott, thank you for your comments. Thank you, KMOX and Scott Mosby, for all, all right, your uh, input. Thanks, brother. Take care. Good luck. You bet. Uh-huh. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. Uh, again, trying to help you get on down the road, whatever it is. Um, and frankly, this is how I learned it. You know, this is how I, you know, everybody starts like I have a need. I have more time than I have money. I'm going to put my time into doing this. So I give this thing a try. You know, I had better coaches and instructors with my dad and the people around me being in the construction uh, business. But uh, golly, I mean, I I know the challenge that you face, and I'm here to help you. And uh, please share this show and the link uh, because uh, any new homeowners that just bought a house for the first time or in their first, second, third year, sometimes 10 years in and like, you know what? You know, kids are in school. I'm going to try and put this bathroom in myself because I just can't afford to put, you know, have it professionally done. Off we go. Home improvement, KMOX, Scott Mosby at your service. I'll be right back for more after this on University of KMOX. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX.
All right, Scott Mosby here. We're getting up to 1 o'clock hour, and we've got uh, your retirement professionals following this show uh, right after the news, weather, and sports at 1 o'clock today. Uh, 2 o'clock, then the business of family business. Later on tonight, Billiken basketball here on X. Go Bills. They're still at it. 645 is game time. Pre-game starts before that right here on X. Uh, lots to talk about. Phone lines are open, 314-436-7900. I've got phone lines open, 314-436-7900. Uh, and uh, today is the day I help you. I know the weather's getting nice. I understand, uh, you know, a little bit overcast, but it's getting warmer. Wait till tomorrow. Uh, so for those of you that are out working around, uh, days like today, I can't wait to get outside. I like to pitter in the yard. Days like this with this comfortable temperatures, something that means that, you know, um. I'm happy out. Watch your son. Here's the one that surprises me. I get in the middle of the winter. All of a sudden, I go out and I spend four, five, six hours. My head's really good because I get outside and I enjoy myself and I pitter around, rake up the leaves, get it away from the air conditioner. If you're outside, uh, make sure you check into the hose bibs. Make sure your hoses are disconnected still. When you get to that air conditioner, that condenser, that box, that round thing that's on the outside of your house that runs when your AC is on, Make sure you take the opportunity to rake or clean or move things away from that, even in the winter, uh, because I want air moving through that unit. No covers on air conditioning condensers. If you're going to do anything at all, put a lid on it, a flat wafer like a piece of plywood, or if you're going to put a cover, cover just covers the top, you know, four inches, but let the air blow through the bottom. If you close it in, that's an invitation to um, mice, vermin, critters living in there. They chew on wires. That's not good. They have a nice, cold, warm place, dark, uh, good nest. So don't let the mice live there or discover it. That's what the thing is. But primarily, it dries out when you have wind and air uh, circulating past those coils on your AC condenser, even in the winter then you minimize the moisture damage and aging process. Uh, all that stuff, your uh, pots and pans and, or pots and planters and all the potting soil that people typically put around that AC condenser, move them away, give it a good two feet. Um, even in the winter, it just keeps things dry. Good time to organize it. But uh, also, if you have downspout drains, uh, take a look around, walk up, look, walk around your house, look at the roof, make sure you don't have any sticks or things that, you know, might have a branch up there. How do you know it's been, you know, cold? So make sure that the top of your roof looks the way it's supposed to on down to the gutters. If you have anything around the gutters, like something growing out of the gutters, or even if they're working fine and you have a downspout coming on the house, make sure they're clean and clear, clean and clear, because even with our temperatures down in the mornings, if you get a little bit of moisture coming through that, you can also have a blockage or leaves get in there and it's hard to clear. So make sure your downspouts for your home gutters can exhaust get rid of the water. Ideally, that water runs 10 feet away from your house. Phone lines are open, 314-436-7900, 436-7900. Give me a call. We'll talk about your issue next on CAMWEX. Uh, as you take your walk about the home, uh, now with the weather, uh, I don't know if you like grilling, but you know a good barbecue grill fired up on a day like today and tomorrow. 
yeah, you know, it, it makes me believe it's summertime. So uh, get those grills fired up ready. Uh, make sure that they're uh, properly connected. Your propane tank is full or your charcoal is ready to roll. That's an important thing. Beware all those things that you know in the summer. Keep it far enough away from any combustible item, the rail on the deck, uh, you know, patio furniture that may be around it. That's important as well. For those of you in St. Louis celebrating Mardi Gras today, be careful, people. Be careful. It's an interesting thing. Mardi Gras being a uh, a, um, uh, a a method of celebrating or celebrate. The, the history is the king um, had big parties and they had lots of food. Well, then those that uh, were not invited to the party, the peasants, the people of society, uh, they they threw their own party. And the concept was, you know what? We don't want a freebie. We'll dress up and uh, entertain and and try and garner some food so they throw something to us. So then the the revelers, as we know now for the Mardi Gras celebration, all of this is a deep Catholic tradition, but this is the practical uh, output is all that silliness and costumes and such was an effort to perform for the king and those that had the food that would then share. And then as far as throwing the beads from those that have to those that are watching and have not, uh, it is the giving with no expectation of receiving. So anyway, there's a lot of history in Mardi Gras. It's going on here. It's going down in uh, New Orleans right now, going on all over the world. Uh, uh, Some call it uh, Mardi Gras. Some call it Carnival. And all those masks and decorations you see all over the world as you travel or I are just in the books. Holy smokes. They take this thing seriously. A 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. And we can get together and talk about your issue right here on KMOX. I'm going to take a short pause, take a little break, and we'll get a little business done. I'll come back right after this on KMOX. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, Home Improvement KMOX. We are live and lively here. Scott Mosby at your service. All things happening here. Uh, Keep in mind here, March uh, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, uh, the Dome at America Center, it's the big home show, the big home show down at the uh, downtown. So keep in mind, there's a lot going on there. It's the big one, uh, the spring one, where uh, I like to go down and just, you know, walk through the uh, garden center. Gosh, get the smell of mulch. Uh, it's quite a logistics buildup. So anyway, keep in mind uh, that's coming up here soon. Uh, two more weeks, and that is uh, March 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. So uh, a lot of things happening uh, to prepare for that. Uh, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. Uh, Also, this time of year, uh, please just take the opportunity to check your windows and doors on a day like today. Sometimes you get a lot of stuff. Um, You know, maybe you get uh, the storm windows and the screens if you have storm windows or screens or you just haven't opened your doors and doors for or windows for a while uh, keep in mind those windows many of the windows in those bedrooms every one of the bedrooms and, and of course uh, any room of your home if you get trapped in there for whatever reason with a fire you need to get out that window and those windows are typically sized for what's called egress egress e-g-r-e-s-s 
uh, and it's pretty much to uh, have enough room for you to get out. Now, if you do any construction or remodeling or you change windows and sometimes you wind up, uh, the better window companies will discuss this with you because if they're changing windows in a home, uh, core is loaded with these windows, these high, you know, they're, they're five feet wide and maybe two or three feet tall. They're not really big enough for a fighter, firefighter to crawl in and out. So there's what's called an egress window, and it has to be a hole in the wall big enough for a full-sized firefighter in turnout gear with an air tank on their back to be able to go through it. So that's where the 5.4 square feet comes from. So you need a big hole. So if you've got casement windows or horizontal sliders, um, they may be 5.4 feet in square or 5.4 square feet but if they're too high say the bottom of that window is five feet up can a three-year-old climb out can a five-year-old climb out for heaven's sakes can you climb out as an adult no you can't so uh, oftentimes some of these replacement window companies will just you know take out the old and put in the new um, the and this is one of those uh, building code things ideally you're supposed to resize those windows reframe the opening change the opening and make it so that the bottom sill of the window is at a specific height, uh, usually like 32, 36 inches, relatively uh, low to the floor, and that's so an infant can climb out in a fire or escape, or at least be seen and pulled out by somebody from the outside. But that 5.4 square feet, the reason it's such a big hole, whether it's in the basement, in a bedroom, Whatever it is, every level, every floor has to have one of these egress windows. And the reason it's so big or 5.4 square feet is that that's the size necessary for a firefighter in turnout gear. You know, all that plastic and rubber stuff, you know, the waterproof stuff and fireproof that they go battle fires in. Uh, Then they've got the air tank on the back. So for them to go in looking for somebody that's surviving or still living in a fire in order to get them out, that's why those windows are, are those specific sites. The point being, go around your house, make sure all your windows work, all your doors work, that they're not stuck closed. Uh, oftentimes in the winter, that's a big deal, and they can get stuck tr- closed. The reason this is important is because the life you save may be yours or somebody you love for sure. So anybody in your home that's visiting, that's what's important. Uh, oftentimes when you get into finishing out bathrooms in the basement, finishing out um, basements, uh, every level, if it's a habitable level, and habitable mean you know, so if you've got a basement and it's got a concrete floor, concrete walls, nothing on the ceilings, you may have some lights. You want to finish your basement. The building code can be um, inconvenient. Uh, because that means your ceiling has to be generally about a six foot ten foot height or six foot ten inch height, um, no less than six foot eight at certain areas, and it can dip down for ductwork and intermittent protrusions down to a six foot six height. But uh, think about how many people you know that are six foot five, six foot six. We're not getting smaller as we go forward. So the point being, uh, these are regulated heights. And as you finish a basement, you now need an egress window or the right to escape from a fire. You get trapped in a basement. Well, an unfinished basement um, doesn't have that requirement. You know, it's just a basement. It's a semi-conditioned area not made for habitation. Well, then you start putting a bathroom in there. 
okay, that's that's semi-finished, so that is uh, governed by separate municipalities. They handle it a little bit differently, but at once you put a finished something down in that basement, which starts with a bathroom, uh, and especially if you do something with a bedroom, you need to have that usually on an exterior wall or with a walkout door. So a lot of these basements that have walkout basements, we wind up having to put the bedrooms and the and the bathroom close to that area, or else we have to dig down and saw through the concrete and put in what's called an egress window. All those reasons why those things are important. And you know, when you get to the fire code, life safety and survival, um, they're not too willing to negotiate uh, back from, oh, yeah, we'll just, you know, if, if if it catches on fire, we'll just kill them, you know, just let them die. That's not where the fire um, uh, code officials come from. Their thing is you need a hole in the wall. Everybody has the right to try and get out or escape in a fire. And, by the way, if they can't, we're the guys that get called on. We don't want to drag out dead bodies, so we want to be able to get in through that egress window, make our search, uh, use the training that we have. That's why they're wearing those air tanks because they, you know, a lot of places they go into aren't really in full fire and flame, but they don't know. They've got to go look for people that are alive. You know, go in there. My son is in there. My mom or dad. You know, all those things. So just be aware that all these building codes, all these things that are inconvenient, all have good reasons, have developed over time, over history, and that's why the community of construction includes the code enforcement officials because, or the firefighters, you know, likewise there as well. So keep that in mind as you get into your projects, all of which are inconvenient, and another reason why I say if you're planning a project in 2023, start early, uh, because the, the time that you need to make decisions It's usually the homeowners, the consumers, uh, the occupants of the home that need more time, take more time to make, you know, pretty big decision. Usually a life-changing decision to add on a house, remodel a kitchen, remodel a bath, whether they're doing it yourself or professionally. So anyway, start early, start often. Scott Mosby, I'll see you next week right here on KMOX. Stay tuned. We have your retirement professionals coming up next. 